Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today, we welcome Brady Frost to the podcast. Brady is a co-founder at Yes Brewing in Westbrook, Maine. In today's episode, Brady explains how Yes Brewing discovered its niche in sour beers, what makes sour beer special, and how the brewery's commitment to supporting local artists ties into the design of the taproom and can art. All right, everybody, let's get into the podcast. Welcome, Brady. We'll start by having you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a bit about your background in the beer industry and what made you want to start a brewery. Sure, man. Uh, yeah, my name is Brady Frost. Um, one of three founding members of Yes Brewing. Uh, my dog's jumping on me. Um, no, uh, so uh, I started, uh, John Bigelow, actually our brewer, has been home brewing for like 20 years. Um, and he was the manager of a craft beer store that I went to a lot. Um, just kind of in transit, like normally you know, in everyday life, just buying beer. Um, he started talking to me a lot about, um, I don't know, his plans and how much he likes sour beer and kind of like off the beaten path, you know, type beers. And I started drinking them randomly. He would like give me, <laughs> give me beers to try when I was picking up other stuff. Um, I had a business background. Uh, I have an MBA in finance, um, but I, I wouldn't even say I'm necessarily like a huge craft beer person or I wasn't then. Um, it was more just like a, a hobbyist, I guess. Um, but I just really liked his you know, his passion for it and like how interesting it was to me as kind of like a business opportunity um, as much as a challenge, I guess. Um, but yeah, it ended up being, um, you know, a good fit. My brother Troy was the other person that, that kind of uh, that jumped on with us. Um, he also, he's helped John with the brewing and stuff. Um, he also just has like, he, he's probably more passionate about craft beer um, than I am. And John's like the, the uber nerd, you know, in, in, terms, in terms of beer in general and like, you know, ask him a question like 45 minutes to go by type thing about about beer but I'm, I guess I'm more like the business person of the three of us that's awesome and how long has yes brewing been around for our three-year anniversary was July 1st um so yeah our first day technically open was June 30th 2017 um yeah so it's been it's been a minute it doesn't seem like it's been that long but it's it's it flies by yeah I believe that and why'd you guys end up in Westbrook um, so Portland was, you know, obviously, you know, I, that's where basically we're all located or, or around there. Um, we looked at that first, obviously, but there's just so many breweries, you know, um, already there. And also just with how much we wanted to like self fund and start a small company and have like full autonomy, you know, we looked at some surrounding areas. Westbrook was one of the first places that we were confident that would like help us fully, you know, and realizing what we wanted to do. Um, so they were super cooperative and we were kind of exploring where to go and then the location itself. I mean, we just, we thought Westbrook, you know, over the, over the years would be growing as we grew, which is something we thought was cool with how small we were starting. Um, and now obviously it's been, you know, it's been for years. Westbrook has actually come a long way, but I think it's still like, you know, blowing up, you know, now almost, you know, or it will in the next couple of years. So I, I like where we're positioned now. I don't regret going to Westbrook at all, but it was definitely like, you know, a little bit off the beaten path. Mass Landing was already there, but just a super, super different business model, I guess, for us versus them. They do a great job, but we're doing something like super nano brewery to the max. You know, we opened, so 
it was just a different thing. It was kind of uncharted territory, but um, it worked out. So I'm, I'm glad we did it. Hey, it's good for me. I'm right around the corner. I'm in Westbrook, <laughs> right on Saco cool. Street. So it works for me. Um, cool. Bianca, do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, theme? Yeah, I thought the cans were so cool. Uh, Nick cool. brought them down to me. We, we did a little exchange. How did your 80s and 90s theme generate? Uh, that I, Something that I'm very curious about just from a style <laughs> perspective. Yeah, I guess I was born in 1989. Uh, John, uh, John's older than me. John's got to be like 81 or something. But um, he's like, John's punk rock. That's his thing. Like, he's like super punk just in general. So we always knew we were going to have kind of a counterculture thing going on, like no matter what. Um, and then, um, me and my brother both, you know, super into like, I don't know, classic hip hop, 90s stuff, um, basketball, weird, weird, like niche things. So we're like, okay, let's just lean into it. Um, let's have fun with it. And then our artist, Matt Fisher, all the cans I think you got are probably his designs. Um, he's just a dude that I knew, um, or I guess like randomly, Matt, I can't even remember how I met him. But it was a couple years ago and I was like, Hey man, like, you're an up-and-coming artist. We like how crazy, you know, your stuff is. Like, we kind of give him carte blanche, like, hey, go for it, um, you know, and he does a great job. So uh, there, there's, like, certain, like, me and him talk mostly about it. We're like, okay, let's think about doing X, Y, or Z, you know, with the next stuff, but it's mostly him. Like, he just comes up with some crazy, crazy stuff for us. You know, our color, color schemes and everything in there as well. Like, our whole brewery is, like, collectively painted. You know, there was, like, I don't know how many people total now that have contributed to it, but a lot. Um, just was like, hey, here's some beer and some paint uh, type vibes. Not really like a, this has to be here, this has to be there. I kind of wanted to make it more fun. So it kind of just organically happened, but I think all of it just kind of, it made sense. It kind of formed on its own. Yeah, it's cool. And we didn't really get to get inside uh, much now that everything's yeah. going on, a lot of outdoor <laughs> things, but just looking inside, seeing the pictures online, that whole graffiti theme and everything you have all over the walls is really cool. Yeah, just a bunch of collective art space, I guess, kind of. We, we like uh, artists in general. We like to work with them. So however we can showcase them, it's, that's a bonus for us. I think that makes our, our brand cooler. So And there's plenty of that up here in the Portland area. There's tons of artists, for sure. And basically, you know, like that whole, I don't know if you got, I don't think you got to walk through the other side of our space. Not even the tasting room, but there's like an adjoined room. Um, it's just like we basically just operate at like freelance art gallery, basically. People drop off stuff. They're responsible to you know, pick it up or uh, yeah. put it up or whatever. But, you know, we, we like to showcase whoever, you know, whoever's interested. Um, we're pretty, we're not super picky either. I just, I'm just like, you know, as long as it's not like extremely inappropriate, like, I mean, I, I don't, as long as it's like remotely appropriate, I'm in. Yeah, At I'm least you have an older clientele, 21 and up, right? So uh, we, we <laughs> you do. don't have to worry. We do. I'm surprised by our clientele. Our clientele's all over the map. I thought it would be more useful, but I think a lot of people found sours at the same time that are, all ages so you know most people are not if they scan up to come to a brewery but children are welcome so you can't <laughs> you can't go too far yep and uh with the uh tap room how can people come down and sort of experience it right now with everything going on um so yeah we we've just been you know reactionary basically and like what we're allowed to do um at this point we're uh we're allowed to have outdoor seating um we did move our whole like kegerator like our bar itself basically to the the edge of our tasting room where the garage bay door is so at least like it almost is a bar <laughs> you know for, for how we set it up um we're we're just in a phase of like we need to comply with everything so everyone's allowed to sit outside um you're still allowed to come inside and grab cans or like use the bathroom or whatever you just can't hang out inside um you have to wear a mask when you come indoors um pretty standard we're we're 
I wouldn't say like overly concerned, but we're definitely keeping an eye on like how that develops moving forward um, for what we're going to be allowed to do. Um, I think all breweries are kind of just like we're waiting and seeing kind of, but um, who knows, you know, I, <laughs> I have no idea if we're going to be, hopefully by when it gets cold, you know, we'll be allowed to, to have people indoors, but if yep. not, well, we're going to get creative as usual. So get some of those big heaters and just start blasting. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, but then basically that's just a room. If you just like put up walls and just have everyone inside that, I'm like, all right, what's well, different? So I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Bianca froze on us. Yeah, she yeah. froze on us there. Getting creative. Most of your beers are. Ooh. You froze on us. Start I again. Freeze? Yep. Oh, no. okay. You're back. Um, I was just, <laughs> I was just saying. Speaking of being creative, you have a big focus on sour beers, which you don't see a ton of. Uh, I, for one, am a huge fan of sours. So, what is it awesome. that brought you into that niche and, and kind of into the sour beer space? Um. So, like I said, John, uh, our brewer, had experience. Um, homebrewing sour beers, which I thought was a good, you know, kind of a unique starting point for us. You know, like I didn't think there were definitely sours being made in Maine, like even Allagash, obviously, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I was making a lot of sours. But I thought that subsection of the craft beer world was kind of under underexplored, you know. Um, so that was just something we were naturally drawn to. And then also, we all really liked them. Um, so John, you know, had experience with some like, I don't know, some kind of more outlandish styles too. Um, he's put a ton of work into it. So it's like play to your strengths. Um, I also think it fits with like kind of just how we built the company and, you know, like our whole aesthetic, you know, it all kind of works together. Um, so it's been natural just like, but now to be honest, like that's just what people know we're known for. So I'm like, and I've always just kind of wanted to lean into that, you know, as opposed to there's just so, so, so much similar beer, you know, that's all really good being made, you know, like New England IPAs are, everywhere you know like I, I like them I drink them but to compete on that scale with larger companies that have been doing it for longer than us with higher budgets and quadruple hop double IPAs and all that stuff that stuff's not profitable for us so you know at a smaller scale so it's a business decision too you know it's something we can sustainably make that differentiates us without you know putting us at risk so it was it's kind of a good fit Yep. It's uh, definitely good to lean into that niche too on there. And even with like, you do have the pale ale. I think I read that was one of your first ones, the fear not the jalapeno pale ale. Yeah. It's a jalapeno pale. It's like a non-hoppy beer that tastes like jalapenos. It's not spicy. What current, what current limited edition beers do you have either out now or that are coming out in the near future? So yeah, we've done, we do barrel aging. Um, and the thing that I would think John would be, our brewer would be the most proud of, like we have a, a cool ship. It's like a wild fermented type of beer, um, you know, which is, it's a crazy science in its own right, but we're way too small to probably have that, you know, as, as a quote, it was something we prioritized. So we still have a cool ship beer that's really crazy. It's got like ginger hibiscus and cranberry added to it. It's like 18 month, you know, barrel aged in red wine barrels. Uh, it's just got a really complex, you know, flavor to it. It's, it's really unique. So we've had that. We're done. We only have like six bottles of that left, and our last keg of that kicked that we put back on for our anniversary. So that that beer is pretty much gone. Um, that was a cool one. Um, we have another beer called Kingslayer. It's a Game of Thrones reference, I guess. Um, but it's a lemon lime uh, barrel aged sour. It is like nuclear sour though. It's like way. It's so sour. So like people that like some people are like, all right, give me the craziest thing you have type thing. Um, that's the one. 
but it's not as approachable as like, you know, the parfait beers that we do or the, the other lighter sours. But um, we try to do, we'll do a barrel at least, at least twice a year, maybe more, um, depending. But we always have a barrel program kind of rotating through. Can't rush it. We don't know when they're going to finish. So I can't be like, yeah, we got one in six months. But, you know, we don't know. It, it depends when it tastes right. So. What is it that makes a sour beer sour? Um, so with us, we're using lactobacillus, which is like a yogurt strain. Um, there is other ways to do it. Um, some purists would say there's like right and wrong ways. I don't want to cast aspersions, but um, <laughs> uh, my brewer would. Um, but yeah, uh, lactobacillus, it's like a, you basically have to build your own uh, souring program um, with this type of bacteria, uh, beneficial bacteria. But so yeah, technically that it's a different category of beer. Um, you know, you in introduce it. Um, it sours the beer and then at the end we kind of have a base recipe especially with these parfait beers at the end We'll add adjuncts to them um, Lactose being one of those obviously um, Which kind of just mellows it out. Um, it doesn't ferment into alcohol So it's just like a sugary kind of sweeter flavor as opposed to like a super sour flavor uh, Adds a little bit of mellowness and then whatever fruit profile or flavor profile we want to add to it um, That's just up for grabs. So we can do whatever we want at the end which is fun. You know, we get a ton of suggestions from people. Some of them, I'm like, I don't think that would work. But for the most part, you know, we're open-minded. We've done like, I don't know, 20 sour beers probably by now, which is a lot, but I think we're kind of dialing in on those. So it's been fun. And of everything you have, what are some of the best sellers? Um, so yeah, the, the Parfait series, the one that I'm talking, I've talked about a few times, that's definitely our best selling beer at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the fruit of lactose sours I just talked about. But the first one was a black raz flavor. That was the first one we did. It's really good. Um, we, I definitely sold the most of that. I do all our sales cumulatively, you know, like in kegs and cans, et cetera. That was also like probably like one of our first like major can releases where we like kind of found our identity. You know, it was our first can with Matt too. Um, so that one's done really well. That one's still kind of a staple for us. Uh, more recently, the watermelon pomegranate beer that we made. That one's been super popular. We just did some can art for that. Um, but yeah, mostly mostly sours. We do get, we get requests for all kinds of stuff, weirdly. Like we've had some beers that I, I, I didn't think were particularly strong even, but like people still ask for them or whatever. So it's kind of unpredictable, but for the most part, we're pushing anything out of house at this point. I'm probably going to make it sour just for uh, just for where we're at. And yeah. well, also like brand, brand recognition, like, you know, we're not known for, for much else at this point. So I'm like, let's just, let's just do it. So... Well, I know one of the ones that you guys had recently, the water <laughs> under the fridge goes. I got to try that a couple uh, weeks ago. Me and my different. friends always in the hockey community, big Trailer Park Boys fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that we'd like sense. to hear about that and how you led to that. Uh, yeah, so we're so I've, I've seen the show. I've seen the whole show, like, randomly. I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm not, like, a hyper fan. My brother watches that show, like, all the time you know and, and like, i guess that's like whatever his comfort food and then john our brewer he doesn't watch much modern stuff so if he gets a reference that's like kind of surprising he watches like really obscure stuff and i have no idea what he's talking about so when he watches the show and my brother also watches the show i'm like all right well, we got to do something with this they both like it a lot um so it's just one of the i don't i doubt there's something that all three of us watch every like actively uh, we're all super different so two out of three is good um, but yeah, the can design was super easy. Um, obviously that's like the pattern on like Ricky's shirt or whatever. Yep. And that's, that's a ridiculous saying he says on the, on the show. So that worked. And then, uh, yeah, a friend of mine actually, um, Deagle shout out, but, uh, yeah, he, um, he wanted to help us 
uh, just just with formatting a bunch of digital work. So that was like a that was a super quick one. We got that can together in like twenty minutes. It was cool, but he did a great job. Yeah, that water in the fridge. Those have become known as rookieisms. Uh, yeah, all yeah, over yeah, the place, yeah. But there's all <laughs> kinds of those that are fun, and maybe you can spring off sort of a small series of those, and I, I'm sure they do well. You, you'd love. I'm sure Troy and John would be super down. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that one goes first. No, no pun intended. But uh, yeah, next we'll see one out, rocket appliances. There you go. <laughs> Give me some new ideas. All right. Cool. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's all. We're like. We're kind of. We have to be kind of reactionary. I have no idea. Like how some of this stuff is going to go. Like half the time, like, oh, this is great. Like people will dig this and then it'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like references are not as simple as I would have expected with like beer names and stuff. You would assume people would know what you're talking about way more than they do. Like, it's like you know, just in general, I'm just shocked. Like people have no concept of like references. So I'm like, all right, you have to make things very obvious if you want to get the point across. So I'm sure there's some trailer pork boys, super fans that are stoked, but it was like at least 75% of people are going to be like, what is this about? Yeah. <laughs> which, is so, which is funny, which is funny to this, but whatever. Uh, so with the uh, barrel aging, I noticed you guys have a couple barrel aged beers. I don't know if you guys covered that at all when I dropped <laughs> we off. Did. Yeah, did. I talked about it you a little bit. Yeah, we got some more coming down. But yeah, we, we had the two that were there when you were there, the King Ship or King Slayer and the Cool Ship. Um, yeah, those have been awesome. But we do have, we'll have more. Um, as I explained before, it's just like, it's kind of one of those things where, we don't know when those will finish because it's um it's something you have to just kind of you know wait and see um and like test you know every month or whatever every two weeks um but yeah john's got a pretty good palate for that stuff so i usually trust him sometimes i step in i'm like i don't know what you're doing but for the most part it's uh it's pretty easy so compared to one of your normal sours, how does that barrel aging really affect the flavor and give it a different profile? Um, so it depends on what type of barrel. So we, we've used, um, we shout out to Allagash. They gave us some, um, I don't know, I think we bought them, but they're like super cheap. Um, whiskey barrels, uh, the Allagash Curio barrels uh, that they formerly used. So I don't know, like barrels, as long as they're full or they're kept full, they don't dry out, um, can be used pretty much forever. So we use whiskey barrels for a bunch of our first ones and they were really good. So, and I, also, like, I love bourbon and whiskey, so I'm like, okay, I'm in. Uh, we got a bunch of red wine barrels as well uh, that works really well with sours, so we've used those as well. And both just have, like, a different kind of character to, like, the, the aging of the beer. Um, you can just taste, like, the, I guess, like, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's just, like, a stronger flavor. In general, you can get some higher ABVs as well, which is good for us at times. You know, like, we try to be in, like, a sweet spot for, you know, for ABV, especially with, like, you know, more crushable, like lighter sours, like between four and 6% probably. But there's like imperial sours too. We haven't even really dipped into that yet. Like eight to 11%. One of the easier ways to get there would be barrel aging for sure, without compromising the flavor, um, without making it too boozy, basically. Like you don't want to taste like, you know, I never want it to taste like hard alcohol. Like what's the point? So it's more like you want it to taste like, you know, be, be surprised at how, how high the ABV is versus like I can tell you know, this, this is super boozy. So, so yeah, I mean, barrel aging helps with all that for sure. It also just like, it's just a different variable to play with. Um, you know, when beer gets too consistent, that's not necessarily good if you're doing all crazy stuff. So for us, it's just kind of a wild card. And of the flavors that we got, we got some really cool ones. My favorite was the key lime. I loved it. Um, cool. So flavorful. I think compared to the watermelon that I had, it's which was a little bit more on the subtle side, but both were very refreshing. So much mm -hmm. flavor packed in them. 
Can we kind of like talk about the different ones that we got? I know uh, Nick and I split them up. So Nick had, Nick, you can let me know which ones that you had, but I had the, I had the, uh, I had the parfait black raz and the parfait peach mango. Nice. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, okay. good. Yeah, so if you want to just tell us a bit about those, um, the different ones, we can start with the key lime and the uh, watermelon that I had, and uh, then we'll jump back into Nick's. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so is that me? Um, yeah, the the key lime, um, it's kind of like we wanted a margarita vibe for a beer that was sour. So, um, I mean, I don't drink that much tequila. My brother loves tequila, but I do drink some margaritas, et cetera. But for like a summer vibe, that's a really good flavor profile. So that's kind of salty, like, you know, still like alcoholic, but really refreshing vibe was what we were going for. And we thought we could do it with the, you know, with the fruity lactose thing. Lime is just super strong flavor. Um, so that's the only challenge. When you add something like that to a beer, it's a sliding scale. Like it, it's good and, and it's like, okay, maybe this is too subtle. Then it's like getting close. And all of a sudden it's just way too much. So like it's it's like really not that big of a difference to have something be way 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 too limey versus you know like right on the money. So that that dialing in is hard. Um, but John's done a really good job with that, just in general, with you know kind of subtly introducing those ingredients and being patient with it. Um, what was the second one you had? The watermelon. The watermelon. Yep. So that's our most recent one. Uh, it's a watermelon pomegranate beer. Um, watermelon is another weird one. So it's the opposite of limes where. If you put actual watermelon in a beer, it would taste like nothing. So you have to use fruit extract of some kind. Like you have to use like a stronger flavor source, but then it's really strong. So like it's strange, it's kind of counterintuitive. So with that one, just another kind of dialing in process. And pomegranate, just like, it's a nice, like, I, it adds color a little bit to the beer, but also it's just like a nice, more subtle, even though it does have a, like a lot of flavor to it, it is a little more subtle as well. So that beer in general, like, I think is meant to be less sour probably than the key lime beer, which anything lime and sour should be pretty sour. So the key lime, I thought that's probably one of our more sour parfait beers overall. Yeah. But and I both, noticed I like the both. same thing with the, uh, the black raz and the peach mango where the black raz was definitely more on the sour end and really kind of, yeah. you were hit with that black raz and that sourness where the peach mango was more of a subtle kind of yeah. sip. Definitely. That's kind of the way the, yeah. I mean, if, if you think about the, I mean, it's weird. It's almost like thinking about like whatever fruit drinks or whatever you've tried of these combinations before, but like one is going to be, you know, more flavorful. One's going to be more subtle. So we're still experimenting with all that too. Um, sometimes like it's not as predictable as you think. Um, so batch to batch, we've done a good job. Like I, have, I haven't had any variants, like, or I haven't seen any variants really. Um, with something like Black Raz or, or any of these, really. Um, we've Once we've found how to do it, we can replicate them. But, um, you know, if you shoot for like, oh, this beer is going to be super sour, there are times when it's just like, this isn't as sour as I thought it would be. Or like, three months later, it's way more sour. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of, it's a little bit, it's a little bit patchwork. Um, Black Raz, like probably, like I said before, it's probably our best seller, just in general. I think people understand it the easiest. It's probably like, it's like a flavor everyone's had before. Also, it's just like, it's meant to be like repeat drinkability with repeat drinkability for sure. The peach mango one's newer. That can is probably my favorite, but um, that um, that beer is, I, I like it. Um, I think it's like in the middle of the pack or a little, maybe like upper middle of the pack for those sours we've done. Um, but I think I agree with you. It's a little bit more subtle, which which is really good for new sour drinkers. So 
if someone's like coming to the tasting room, they're like, hey, we just want to try this for the first time. It's not the best just to give them like something nuclear. It's just going to like totally turn them off. Like you have to be like, okay, like start with this one and then we'll work up to wherever, wherever we get. Yeah. And on that can too, that peach mango had a really cool retro <laughs> yeah, 80s vibe. That yeah. That's a, awesome. yeah, that's a Miami Vice reference, but yep. yeah, I've yes. never watched that show. I mean, I, I, I know about the show. I know I've probably seen it on YouTube or something, but like before my time, but John, John was alive for that. So <laughs> yep. more of an homage to his childhood, I guess. But yeah, I was negative seven years old when that started. So. Yep. Yeah, I picked up on that one. You'll When we put this up, Bianca and I got to get into tasting some of the beers before this and uh, record it. And I picked up on that reference to Miami yeah. Vice in it. Yeah, uh, is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't been able to get to yet? Um, you know, we'll, we'll have a bunch more stuff coming out. Um, we tried really hard to, we actually debuted two beers during, or like, as we went through coronavirus towards the end of it, or at least for our full shutdown, we were doing only curbside. So it's going to be cool. Like, you know, first and foremost, I just say thanks to like anyone that supported our company during this, because it's been awesome. Um, so like, we've been pleasantly surprised, like completely, like during this whole thing, like even when we were just like, I was just hanging out with my dog, like waiting for pickup orders, like we were busy. And I was like, that's crazy. I just would have assumed people would have not gone out of their way to do anything like that. So that was super cool. Um, and then once we reopened the tasting room, we've been busy. Um, people have been really respectful. No one's given us any, you know, grief whatsoever about safety precautions or anything. Everyone's been awesome. So I would just say that's been really cool. Just as like a, a humanist thing for me being like, okay, like people are cool. That's great. Um, but also like, we do have a lot more stuff, um, coming down the pike. Uh, we'll, we'll, we, we usually like when we're full, full systems go, like we'll be debuting a beer at least once every like three weeks, you know, pretty much forever. But you know, we will probably, I'd say one a month, probably this whole fall, at least, you know, wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a stretch for us. So just keep an eye on our social media and stuff. Like there's, I would, I would post like a full release schedule if I knew, but like we come up with stuff last minute sometimes. So yeah. I try not to be like, Hey, we're doing this in six months. That's not, it's not true. So. And being a, being a nanobrewery kind of as you describe yourself, is everything just available sort of at your tap room or do you distribute it all to any local stores? We do. Um, we distribute too. Um, it depends on how long stuff's been out. Um, we'll distribute uh, the black Raz mostly for cans, but we've done the peach mango too. The watermelon beer is probably going to distribute as well. Uh, friendly discount beverage. Uh, there's two locations. The primary one that we use the most is in Portland. Um, that's where John used to work actually when, uh, when I met him. So we sell them beer all the time. Uh, we do have a bunch of restaurants. We still sell kegs too for pours. We're trying to give them some space just to like figure out what they're doing, but a bunch of them have already come back. Um, hopefully all of them come back, um, knock on wood. But, um, you know, like Great Lost Bear has been there since the beginning. Like, they're an awesome, you know, company. And a bunch of others like that that have just been kind of consistent for us um, forever. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, like, there's a bunch of other, you know, kind of smaller accounts that we have, too, that we service. Uh, we were probably at about 30 restaurants and, you know, five or six can vendors um, before the shutdown. Now I'd say we're going to be aiming for, like, whatever, 20 restaurants and probably, like, bigger canning accounts. We've really positioned ourselves to can way more beer than before so just because like that was that's the best way to like make sure our product gets out there versus like before there you know we can't account for any like we can't plan for tasting room sales like we could have you know in the past i think that's basically what everyone's had to do but yeah man. and where can everyone find you online and on social media uh we're at yes brewing and everything um so yeah facebook instagram 
Um, we don't do, we have an untapped page. People use that. We don't manage it. So some of the stuff on there is incorrect sometimes. I just like let the people run that one, unfortunately. I should probably do that. I don't know. Like everyone's like, hey, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Instagram is probably the best, but Facebook we still use too um, on those two. Yeah, that's about it. I definitely keep up on untapped just so I can get in there, see what other people are saying, and then it's look fun. at what I've had before. When you're into craft beer, you try fun, so man. many that you need to uh, really just got to stand up. Oh, have I tried this it's one? Good, what was this one like? It's a good service I don't allow my brewer to be on just because I'm like, dude, don't get mad at someone giving you a three and a half out of five and being like, I love this beer. Because that's what it yeah. always says. It's like three and a half out of five. Like, I love this beer. I'm like, how do you love it if you only gave it a three and a half? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is my favorite beer ever. 4.1. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. This is, this is a tough crowd. It's kind of yeah. like Yelp. You know, like, I'm like, all right, dude, no one go down the rabbit hole here. I'll manage this, kind of. Other than that, we're just, whatever. We'll look <laughs> at it once in a while. Yeah. Well, we had an awesome time talking to you, and I was so glad you took the time to come on. And uh, we're looking forward yeah, to trying whatever it. you have coming down the pipeline. Cheers. Yeah, you guys are always welcome. Swing through whenever. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time, guys. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. Yes, Brewing was nice enough to send us over some beer that we got to try. I have over here the Key Lime Parfait and the Watermelon Parfait. And I know Nick has a couple of his own, but they are, let me just say, very good. Yep. Uh, over here, I have the Parfait Black Raz and the Parfait Peach Mango. All these beers that we're trying tonight are 5.1 ABV. They're all fruited lactose sours. The sour beers is what Yes, Brewing specializes in. You'll know if you listen to the rest of this podcast today. But Bianca, why don't we get into tasting some of these? Yeah, well, I'll start off with my favorite. I've tried both, but the Key Lime Parfait is absolutely so good. It has a great sour flavor. I, and Nick knows this, I love sour beers. So anything, the, the more pucker, the better when it comes to beer. And this Key Lime Parfait does not disappoint. Yep. I mean, if you're into a puckery beer, I'll just get right into it with the Black Raz Parfait. This one is about as sour as a sour beer can come. It's delicious. It's got a dark pink color to it. Uh, so it's a nice, fun beer to drink. It smells great and tastes even better. And if you're someone who doesn't love a sour beer, I will also say this watermelon palm parfait is very nice. It's like a softer, kind of rounder flavor. Doesn't have nearly as much of that pucker on the tongue, um, but it's a very refreshing, great summer drink. Yep, and uh, on the same note, the peach mango one is more on the mellow side as well. Uh, the flavor is really reminiscent of an old peach snapple or something you used to drink when you were a kid. It's delicious, nice, easy drinking beer, something that you could have all the time. I also love that their cans are very loud on their own. So outside of the bold flavors and, and great fruit aspects to all of their beers, the cans are very fun. They have kind of like a graffiti type paint splatter on them. Uh, they hand write in the, the labels. So I think that's pretty cool. It's a very personal feeling can and I love that it's local. So Nick and I both, we love our local brews. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is uh, 80s and 90s themed. Is their uh, their tasting room as well graffiti everywhere it looks awesome uh the black raz parfait can is very reminiscent of like an old 90s cartoon and the parfait peach mango that i have right here looks straight out of a uh, scarface or something miami vice from the 80s 
I'm pretty jealous that Nick has the black raspberry because I will say black raspberry is one of my favorite flavor combinations uh, when it comes to ice cream, beverages, all you can think of. So I'm obviously going to have to go back up to Yes Brewing to get some of that for myself. You are missing out for sure, but I'm sure I'm missing out too with the key lime and the watermelon over there. But if you're looking for a good tasty beer, something different than, you know, the typical IPAs and lagers that you're used to drinking, uh, these sours from Yes Brewing really hit the spot. Absolutely. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.